So, here we are. Here we are! Once again, for the second consecutive year, the Toronto Maple Leafs will take on the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Circumstances are exactly the same. It's a seven-game series, first to four wins, Leafs have home ice advantage. But it's not the same, is it? Let's talk about that. You and I need to talk about that. Let's go! Give me what I want! Kick down the door! Drew, you are not doing this! What the not nice! There's a giant hand! I made like 2,000 of these, I'd like to have fun. With you wherever you are, welcome to LFR. Now we have already done a series preview on the STPN channel. That was with me, Adam, and Jesse. This, this is a little different. This is just you and me talking. You know me, I like to go for a little run in the field. And that's what we're gonna do. Before our little run in the field, Think you know which way it's gonna go? And I mean that for this series or any of the others. Head on over to Sports Interaction because when the puck drops, oh my goodness, the puck is gonna drop so soon! Sports Interaction has you covered pregame, live betting on all major sports and prop bets. Wanna bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn and download the Sports Interaction app. You can use the QR code on the screen, but only if you're 19 plus, please play responsibly. No matter the year, no matter the season, no matter how things have gone, no matter who is on the roster, who's up front, who's in net, and who's on D, no matter who's in the front office, the president, the GM, the assistant to the GM, and the assistant GM, no matter who's the coach, no matter anything, there is no team in the NHL with as much noise that follows it as the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the unfortunate reality for the Toronto Maple Leafs is a lot of the noise is negative. And let's be honest here, it's not without reason. You all know every narrative. The Leafs have not won a playoff series since 2004. But it's not just that they haven't won a playoff series since 2004, it's that they've had so many chances. There was like a solid decade there where they didn't make the playoffs at all, and that made not winning a playoff series much more understandable. In fact, their only appearance in that decade plus without a playoff appearance was in 2013 when they had a 4-1 lead in game seven to blow it! And if it felt historical to you, that's because it was. They were the first team to ever cough up a three goal lead in the third period of a game seven. That's historical. That's history. 2017, one versus eight, the President's Trophy winners against the scrappy upstart and the Leafs lost. The next year, the Leafs clearly outmatched against the Boston Bruins team, down 3-1, but they crawl back. They have the lead in the third period and again, history repeats itself. 2019, things change a little bit. The Leafs have a chance to close it at home in game six and they lose that and lose game seven. History repeats itself again. The next year, things aren't going so great. They lost to one of their own employees, but then the world shuts down. There are two bubbles, one in Toronto and one in Edmonton. That means the Leafs and the Oilers are the only teams who truly have home ice advantage in this entire play-in tournament. Don't both of them lose in the qualifying round, the Oilers and the Leafs, that's historical. The only two host teams to ever lose a qualifying round and hopefully the only teams who ever do. 2021, the Habs, oh, that's, that's well-documented history. Maybe the one that damaged us all the most because it was the one they were supposed to win. Keep that thought. They were the favorites, the clear favorites. Then they lose John Tavares in game one, which they lost, by the way and they had excuses. For the next three games, they didn't use those excuses. They won! They won being clearly the better team! And as we learned, the H in the Habs logo does not stand for Heimlich. The Leafs choked. A historical choke 
in the latest chapter in a historical rivalry. And in the most recent playoff history that we have last season against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not unlike years prior, the Leafs have a chance to win it in game six. Not unlike years prior, they also had an opportunity to win it in overtime of game six. Not unlike years prior, they lost. And there was a penalty call to complain about. More than one, actually. But it doesn't change anything. What's done is done. Which is just a different way to say that's history. Which brings us to the present. If you look at this Toronto Maple Leafs roster versus the Tampa Bay Lightning roster, who have a very different recent history, by the way, win the President's Trophy, epic choke, one of the most epic we've seen, to, to the point where Kane and Thompson made fun of them, followed by a bubble cup, and then a normal cup less than a calendar year later, and a third consecutive Stanley Cup final appearance. You could even argue, were it not for injuries, they could have won. That's Tampa's recent history. It's a very different recent history. It's the sort of recent history that would make you bet on them and bet against the Leafs. But it's all history just the same. If you ignored history and you simply looked at the seasons that both of these teams have had, I don't know how you can bet against the Leafs. If they weren't called the Leafs, I know exactly how you can bet against the Leafs, but if they weren't called the Leafs, if they were called the Scarborough Sharks, that's a real team. I don't know, it was the first thing that came to mind. Improv is hard. If they were called the Scarborough Sharks, you knew nothing about them other than the season they had just had. You'd have no choice but to call them the favorite. They were consistently better all season long. They got even stronger than their opponents at the trade deadline. And not just down the stretch, but over the final two, two and a half months, the Leafs were clearly the better team. But that's the thing with history. It's hard to forget. And what a fascinating mix the Leafs have. Their biggest stars, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Riley, all of them helped write the Leafs' recent history that has broken all our brains. And they are the most deeply affected by the futility of the last few years. And the way they carry themselves, the way they've performed this season, the, what, the things that they say, they're different. They're not damaged. They're not moping. They're pissed off. They're ready to do business. You have other guys who have surrounded themselves with great people over their careers and they have played with hungry people who have won Noel Achari and Sam Lafferty. Guys who have a deep yearning to prove themselves from their past experiences. I'm looking at the Leafs number one goalie in Ilya Samsonov. He wants to erase his history with the Washington Capitals. And then of course there's guys like Luke Shen who won a Stanley Cup, won two Stanley Cups with the actual Tampa Bay Lightning themselves and Ryan O'Reilly who won playoff MVP, who by his recent quotes clearly has a thirst to do it again. He is not quenched, he is not fat and happy, he is motivated because he knows what it feels like. And you have a team desperate to feel that way and players who are also chasing the urge to feel that again. Let's not wax poetic any longer. Like, here are the lineups. Just based on the most recent practice skates from both the Leafs and Lightning, keeping in mind the games one and two will be in Toronto. Producer Drew, if you could show both rosters, according to tweets from Eduardo Encina, who covers the Lightning, and David Alter, who covers the Leafs. Here's what we've got. 
Stamkos, Point, Kucherov for the Lightning. Hagel, Sorelli, Kalorn. Ross Colton with Nick Paul and Asamont, who they got at the deadline. Pat Maroon, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, and Corey Perry, that nightmare fourth line that the Lightning had last year. The Leafs, on the other hand, answer with bunting Matthews Marner, which I got to admit is a surprise to me. I didn't think they'd be going with bunting on the top line. He's played the most there this season and over the last two years, but the way things have gone, the way Michael Bunting has not been able to draw a penalty without sending himself to the box as well over the last several months, like the refs clearly have a thing against this guy and maybe not without reason, I'm surprised to see him on the top line. Second line is truly something to behold. John Tavares on the left wing with Ryan O'Reilly and William Nylander. Yes, you can make one hell of a shutdown line with Ryan O'Reilly, but why not go and as always, Sheldon Keefe can always get out the blender. Third line, Kerfoot, Achari, Yarncroke. Fast, aggressive, worker bees, and a fourth line of Zach Aston Reese, David Camp, and Sam Lafferty. That's a line that we already know Sheldon Keefe loves, and why wouldn't he? They do everything you want a fourth line to do. They can tip in some greasy goals. They're good on defensive assignments. They're good along the boards. They get the puck deep. They're great at getting their teams a breath. And of course, Matthew Nyes is the extra skater. That's the way to go. I, he hasn't played a home game as a Leaf and game one of the playoffs I think would be bordering on insanity. Not to mention this dude's first practice was this week. He has not played a game since having his first NHL practice. I think he's going to be a great player. I think he could factor into these playoffs. I don't think you can throw him to the Wolves like that in game one. Look, this Tampa lineup up front, it's still ridiculous. And it's relatively healthy. Obviously, the glaring omission of Tanner Janot, who was a huge deadline acquisition for them. But I don't really think that affects their top six. Ultimately, that's a bottom six thing. And their bottom six, though is what kills well, everyone they play. I mean, their thing is they don't really have any weaknesses. Great top-end talent, great defense, great goaltending, and, and the bottom six is ridiculous. This year, it feels a little dulled. Stamkos, Point, Kucherov, I, no notes. No notes. That's a ridiculous top line. It's one of the best lines on paper in the league. It's one of the best lines in the league. You don't even need to say on paper. They're elite at scoring and sometimes get yelled at for their defense. That matches the Leafs line, top line perfectly. Hagel, Sorelli, Kalorn is interesting. Sorelli did a great job against the Leafs last year. Underrated player. Kalorn has had the season of his career, even though he's been to three cup finals. Four cup finals, actually. He's underrated. Hagel was a thorn in the Leafs side, drawing eight penalties in their seven game series last year again an underrated player undervalued obviously that's how tampa got him but part of what made hagel so unbelievably effective against the leafs last year was he was in the bottom six the lightning also had andre palat and even if they would sometimes switch one guy would be on the second the other guy would be on the third you have a left side of stamkos with palat and Hagel! Hagel has been forced to step up this season, and he has, in a big way offensively, but just not having that little bit of extra depth. That hurts. And the third line still has Ross Colton. That dude has a Stanley Cup winning goal. That's incredible, but you can't tell me it's the same. He has to step up in a 
big way if it's going to be the same. The Leafs' bottom six has killed them in a lot of playoff series, not able to contribute secondary scoring, not able to shut guys down, not able to really have a purpose or leave a mark. That's simply not going to happen this year. Kerfoot, Achari, Yarncroke is going to skate you into the dirt. They are capable of scoring and Achari can mess you up. Aston Reese, David Camp, and Sam Lafferty. Again, it's not like the toughest group. I wouldn't want them to get into a line brawl with Patrick Maroon, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, and Corey Perry, but they will outskate the Lightning's bottom six. At very least, they're not going to get lapped. Now, I've already had some hockey fans, Leaf fans, reach out and say, why on earth wouldn't you have Ryan O'Reilly as your third line center? I do actually think that's the plan. Because let's say the Leafs get up by two in a game. We already know in shutdown scenarios, Keefe has taken bunting off sort of in the final minutes, final 10 minutes of the third period and replaced him with a more defensively responsible player like Yarncroke. So you take him off the third line. The third line would then have Kerfoot still on the left, Achari would go from center to right, and in the middle you would put Ryan O'Reilly. That's what the Leafs are going to do if they're leading at home, and I would hazard a guess that's what they end up doing full-time on the road. Dude, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. The Lightning have taken hits, they've played so many games, and the Leafs added to the teeth. There's no excuse for this group of forwards to fall to the Lightning's group of forwards. So we look at the defense. Hedman is still there. Sergachev's still there. Cernak's still there. But the parents. Victor Hedman with Nick Perbix, who's come up through the Tampa system and played well as a rookie. Sergachev with Radish and Ian Cole with Eric Cernak. I have no doubt that if the Lightning are struggling and Cernak uh, has it in him, he'll play with Hedman. I have no doubt. But after losing a guy like Ryan McDonough because of cap reasons, I'm sorry. Even if this Lightning decor is good, and it is good, it's good. Nothing that I'm gonna say in this video is gonna disparage the Lightning. They're good, they're even great. You simply cannot tell me this Lightning top six on D is better than the one they had last year. Leafs, on the other hand, fascinating. Jake McCabe with TJ Brody. It's a true shutdown pair unlike any the Leafs have had in years. Even when it was Brody with Muzzin, Muzzin lost his feet relatively quickly. He simply didn't have the speed. McCabe is every bit as nasty and he's more mobile. Mark Giordano with Justin Hall, it's worked. It's worked. Giordano should be rested, he's had a good season. And Justin Hall, over the last month or so, has been playing his best hockey in maybe a couple years, probably his best hockey since the Canadian division, honestly. He's been solid as a rock. And then Morgan Riley with Luke Shen, a pairing that has largely worked. It gives Riley the freedom to be a bit of a rover and Shen can brutalize people in front of the net. And speaking of in front of the net, none of this matters. None of this conversation matters until you look at the goalies. Andre Vasilevsky, a goaltender who has had nothing but success in the Stanley Cup playoffs, taking on Ilya Samsonov, who has had nothing but playoff failures. Most notably getting screamed at by Alexander Ovechkin after letting in a goal in overtime of a playoff game. Leadership. Now look, if I made a team and the fate of the universe was on the line and I had to pick a goalie between the two, obviously I'm going with Andre Vasilevsky. No one's won more games, no one's won more playoff games, more championships. But sometimes a goalie who is not necessarily better overall finds a great situation. In Toronto, Ilya Samsonov has found a magical 
situation. Megan Chaka posted this great graphic on Twitter using Stathlete's uh, numbers for the matchup between Andre Vasilevsky and Ilya Samsonov. Now, there are a number of numbers that Vasilevsky has Samsonov beat at. Obviously, wins obviously minutes but if you look at the stats that have nothing to do with how many games you've played samsonov has surprisingly had better numbers save percentage overall samsonov has a 919 that's eighth in the nhl vasilevsky 915 that's 14th goals save above expected vasilevsky has the advantage there 10.1 which is ninth 6.9 for samsonov nice that's 13th Scoring chance save percentage, though, 822 for Samsonov. That's third in the NHL compared to Vasilevsky, a 796, which is 17th. And this is the big one. And this shows that the Leafs are playing different hockey to what they were last year. Inner slot save percentage. Vasilevsky is an 821. That's 12th in the NHL. Samsonov, 862. That's first. Now, there is kind of a tricky thing with Samsonov, and this is kind of fun. His home numbers were otherworldly, basically unbeatable. His road numbers were mid as heck. If he's going to be the Leafs' starting goaltender in the playoffs, he's going to have to play every game. He's going to have to play road games, which is true. But this is why home ice advantage is huge for the Leafs. At home, the Leafs were 27, 8, and 6. That's extremely good. At home, the Lightning were 28, 8, and 5. That's also extremely good. On the road, however, the Leafs were 23, 13, and 5. The Lightning were 18, 22, and 1. Below 500, and not by a little. Listen, both arenas, Scotiabank Arena and Amelie, are going to be extremely difficult for either team to win in. That's why I don't think you'd be out of your mind to bet on another seven-game series, which... Ow. But the combination of Tampa struggling so much on the road this season and Samsonov just being locked down at home, there's no reason to bet against them. So this is what I'm saying. And this is why I showed you all this. And this is why I had this long diatribe about history. If it weren't for history, no one would think the Leafs weren't the favorite of this series. But unfortunately, history's the thing. Playoff experience is a thing. Having been there is a thing, and having done it is a thing. The Leafs have been there. The Lightning have done it. What a team to have done it against if the Leafs are able to pull this off, if they are able to exercise their demons and get out of the holy smoking first round. I've heard way too many Leaf fans talk about Boston this and Boston that, Focus! Focus! On the thing ahead of you. I'm trying to tell you not to let history, not to let your past haunt you. But you definitely can't live your future in the present. You have no idea what the future holds. So you get your mind off Boston. You get it off Boston. Good and proper. They might not even be there come the second round. Don't believe me? Ask Tampa. Anything can happen. This is about the Leafs, this is about the Lightning, and this is about the next four to seven games, the next two weeks, where they will bash against each other. Both teams can score. Both teams can defend. Both teams get saves. Both teams can kick your ass a little bit. Both teams want this.
Only one can have it. I've already said this on the SDPN channel. Leafs in six. That's what I have. If it goes to seven, I think they'll do it there too. That sh yeah, don't look at me like that. I see you. I see you. Don't give me that. The Leafs should be considered the favorites in this series because they are. Now, if they would just play like it and execute and finish the job, that'd be lovely. What do you think? Who do you think is the favorite? What do you think is going to be the X factor in the series? If the Lightning lose, how come? If the Leafs lose, how come? Let me know in the comment box down below. For now, that's it for this one. Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you liked this video. Click subscribe if you really liked it. Tell all your friends one of these two teams is going to make history.